0: To go into this movie with the least amount of information, you would have yourself a psychological thriller unfold before you with some suspense and tension. And if slow burn thrillers are your jam, you'll be pleased by this. But we can't really sit here and offer a review for a movie with only the least amount of information. We have to give you about as much as the trailer is going to. And so, with that said, Helena has an ordinary life, a loving husband, a beautiful daughter, a job that fills her day life. ...is fine, until she realizes she was a fool to think that she could ever leave her worst days behind her. Helena has a secret. She is the product of an abduction. Her mother was kidnapped as a teenager by her father... ...who came to be known as the Marsh King. He kept them in a remote cabin in the marshlands of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. No electricity, no heat, no running water, not a single human beyond the three of them. Helena was born two years after the abduction, loved her home and nature, fishing, tracking, hunting... ...and despite her father's odd temperament and brutal behavior... She loved him, too, until she learned precisely how savage of a person he could be. More than 20 years later, she has buried her past so soundly that even her husband doesn't even know the truth. But now her father has escaped from prison and disappeared into the marshlands he knows better than anyone else in this world. And maybe he's gone forever, or maybe he'll return either way. The now hyper-vigilant Helena knows the only person who has the skills to stop this monster is the one person who he trained, his daughter. dun, dun, dun. I am TCD D. of the Screener Squad, and I am joined in the one-of-us swamps by Mike. Hello. And Melina.
2: Thanks for describing the first 20 minutes of this, T.C.
0: <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what... I, I went into this based solely on the fact that Ben Mendelssohn was in it. I see his name, sign me up. That's all I need to know. And so I didn't know anything about this movie other than he was in it, Daisy Ridley was in it, and the title. And so that first 15 minutes or so, there's some suspicion and some tension of what this will ultimately be, which I just revealed in the description and the trailer reveals itself. And I was surprised when when yeah. it took its turn. I was like, oh, okay. Almost the exact 15-minute mark where an act one should end. Yeah. They do a little... The twist.
1: Yeah, um, and also uh, it's good to see Daisy Ridley doing stuff outside of Star Wars, and and also like clearly her, her acting has grown. I mean, one, she has a pretty decent American accent, and two, she doesn't do that thing where her lower jaw is hanging out and her teeth are showing whenever she's frustrated. Yeah, that, that, that. Are you on Solo?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> she she's moved on from that, uh, which is great. You know, I mean, you gotta you gotta expand your craft. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know I, I, I knew nothing about this. I just saw that you signed up for it. And if you whatever you you sign up for things and not enough people are, I look it up and I decide like, does that sound interesting at all? I don't even watch the trailer most of the time. I just read the plot. I'm oh, like, okay. yeah, okay, this sounds like something interesting.
0: At the very least, it'll, it'll elicit a good conversation about a strange movie
1: one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, that's how how we end up with Mad Heidi. Um. Oh, God. Well, it is funny that
2: you say that you went into this basically completely blind with it. And watching the first 20 minutes of this, I remember thinking, I really wish that I had gone into this not knowing anything about it. Because I do think Uh. that the first half of the first act is by far and away the most fascinating part about it. It's just I already knew what it was leading to.
0: Ah, yes.
2: And I remember thinking that would have been such a great bait and switch had I not known ahead of time where this was ultimately going to end up because what I think makes that work, whether or not you did come into it knowing anything about it, is that it's still a gut punch when they do play that final hand with it where they're like, no, here is what in fact is actually going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes from the power of Ben Mendelsohn, who I always think is fantastic. I completely agree with you. If I see him, I'm like, I'm on board. But also Brooklyn Prince, who is just fantastic in the little time she has
0: as the, the young Helena.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I actually think is, I did read what it was about, but as the movie was going on and and, and, and immersing you in this world, I forgot what the movie was going to be about. When that shift happens, I'm like, oh shit, that's right. This was supposed to be about like someone years and years after the fact. And I did see Daisy Ridley was on the, because they have like, you know, starring Ben Mendelsohn. And that's right. Daisy Ridley is supposed to be in this, isn't she? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's assumptions that can be made
0: pretty early because you don't hire someone like, Ben Mendelsohn or the fantastic character actor Gil Burningham who pops up in this and de-age them if you're not going to show them as their actual age later. So real quickly when I saw Ben Mendelsohn pop up I'm like oh okay so this is the this is going to jump ahead in time just based solely on the fact that his hair isn't gray right
2: now mm-hmm. and they've really saturated the blue of his eyes to quite <laughs> a startling degree like irishman level <laughs> i'll tell you
1: though, a movie this really reminded me of do you guys remember a movie called martha marcy may marlene yes yes that's
0: yeah, a fantastic. very good comparison yes like
1: it doesn't quite go to where that movie in fact i think this movie has far more of a resolution than martha marcy May marlene but it's it's definitely got those vibes. It's a slow burn, uh, like someone constantly watching over the shoulder. At least for the second act, it, it definitely plays up that suspense very effectively, and it, it's essentially watching how these other characters process what's going on. And it reminds me kind of of that another movie I really love called uh, Blue Ruin. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's pretty suspenseful for a good while after it. You know when things really start to like when the shoe drops mm-hmm. in the second act, and I and but though to his credit, though, I mean I was kind of I'm, I'm glad it did try to do that like. Is he really dead? Kind of thing. Like it really sure, it does yeah, it for a little yeah. while, but then it, it it becomes something different, which is good.
0: Yeah, and in Daisy Ridley's hands, she leads us rather well, rather remarkably so. I thought she held this film very well, and had great chemistry with Ben Mendelssohn in the time that she has with him. Honestly, the, the one of the, the negatives of this movie is her and Garrett Hedlund have zero chemistry. He, he plays her husband, and we're supposed to care about these two? I don't know. I, you yeah. guys, what do you think about that? Well,
2: it's, it's funny that you say, Mike, that you seem to enjoy where it goes from its second act, where it takes off from there. I think that's where I split with you on this one. Okay. While I did know, okay, well, I have a feeling that this is going to be a good majority of this film— is going to be her reflecting back on that and having to deal with the fact that she has essentially lied to everyone for the entirety of of her adult life, including her own husband and daughter, as to her backstory. I thought, okay, well, obviously they're going to, they're obviously gonna play this with a level of suspense. You know, when is he gonna pop up? How is he going to do it? Unfortunately, from the moment they introduced Garrett Hedlund's character, I thought he was kind of terribly written. I thought that was, like, one of the first big stumbles of the movie.
0: Mm-hmm. The way
2: that he comes across as so cold to her predicament.
0: Yeah, give that role to someone who can really emote panic and be angry. And, and, and maybe it's Page, maybe it's performance, but I agree that that's where the first stumbling block of the movie
2: is. The other one is... Right off the bat, I'm not going to say what it is, but you have the FBI come into this and they're like, oh, well, here's what happened. Rest assured, you're completely safe. And here's why. Here is the exhaustive efforts that we went through to make sure that this is now dealt with. And I was like, okay, I may have only seen a couple of episodes of Forensic Files, but I know that this would be a far more exhaustive investigation than this. I really wish I could say what it is, but it was the first time where I was just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. That cannot be what you're doing because that's just way too fucking obvious. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. So this is adapted from a book of the same name, bestseller list, New York Times and all that. Doing a little bit of poking around at what's in the book that didn't make it into the movie. And, And honestly, if you go look to Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb Look, where there's going to be critical reviews, viewer reviews, you're going to see real fast, the book is better. Well, that's just a given, okay? That will always be the rule. There will be very little exception to book versus film. But there were a couple things in the book that I'm interested in, why it didn't make it into the movie, such as Helena developing imaginary friends, who she sees throughout her childhood, that come back into play once she's an adult. She has two daughters instead of one, which that makes sense. You know, tighten that up. There's no reason to have two kids when, narratively speaking, the sins of the father to the youth uh, echoing through time. That, that all makes sense. The scale of this is such a small movie. This is, it's a very, very minimal, minimal cast, very, very minimal locations. I don't know if this was a COVID film which we're going to continue to see a couple echoes of for the next uh, not too much longer, but films that were produced under tight tight restrictions. I don't know if this movie would have benefited by having a scale such as Gone Girl, which is another fair comparable to this. Uh, oh yeah it, yeah, it it did benefit from being a very small character driven piece, but the strengths do lie in Daisy Ridley and Ben Mendelsohn, and 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 anytime we can get those two together, I felt like the movie really shined. And honestly. Ben Mendelsohn and his counterpart with Helena, no matter if it's the daughter as young or Daisy really as an adult. Those, all those scenes, great. Yeah. And it was the additional scenes that were lacking in, I don't know exactly what it was, but, but that meat that they would bring to those scenes.
2: Well, most of the emotional resonance from this comes from their relationship how you've got this girl who, for all intents and purposes, is growing up, as far as she's concerned, in a very loving and healthy relationship with her parents. She adores her father. He seems to really love her as well. Only for that to be so cruelly, like having the rug so cruelly thrown out from underneath her to where the entire Mm -hmm. world is telling her, no, your father is a monster. And her having to spend the rest of her life knowing what he is, but also never forgetting how she felt about him and the way that the two of them play off each other in all of their scenes you feel that so completely Yeah. with just the way that they look at each other the emotion that comes through with Daisy Ridley especially it's so disturbing and frustrating as a viewer but it's heartbreaking as well and you completely sympathize with her
1: Yeah. oh definitely you watch someone uh, work through their trauma and work through some very complex feelings uh, about what happened because like even when she finds out what her her dad's all about like she's very much in denial. Oh, yes. <laughs> well,
0: that's that's tr- that's trauma right there. That is yeah, post traumatic stress to to the nth degree. Uh, I think of another comparable to this would be uh, Room, the Brie Larson film. Yep, yep. Which is very much about a kidnapping of a woman and a child and, and their perception of it. Fairly good companion pieces if you put those two together, though this one has far more action and suspense thriller elements to it.
2: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think one of my favorite things about Room, and if you're going into this looking for something like that, it really isn't, aside from, mm-hmm. I think, the major trappings. That film is so... Ceaselessly grim Mm -hmm. with how it presents this situation. And there's so much implied that just leaves you with such a queasy feeling in your stomach. That's not here. Sometimes I think that worked to its benefit. Other times I thought, this is coming across just a little too clean. It's just coming, like, there are elements of this that are so disturbing that I feel like you're kind of pulling back on because you do not want to upset people. One of the first things that I thought at the very beginning of this. Is, you know, they're living off the grid, they're living in this log cabin, which I remember looking at that and thinking, I know he's a survivalist, but he looks like a survivalist in an L.L. Bean ad. (laughs) Like, this place is just immaculate.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of the, the look of the film based on costumes, the cinematography in this has such a flow to it. There's always this flowy nature to how the camera moves, the sweeping shots of the landscape, but even in the scenes themselves, moving through the forest or moving around the characters. There's a really, really nice cinematography in here. It's the cinematographer from Sunshine. is the only other big thing I could see that he did, which also has this very specific look to it. And I, I, this is a beautiful movie mm-hmm. is what I'm getting at. It's got a vignette to it, and it has almost a, a spotlight on all the... Action of this, giving us a POV similar to what Daisy Ridley's Helene is going through. I just really, really enjoyed the look of this movie, and then the the flowing score as well. I felt quite moved through this, both visually and auditorially. It know, feels like a
1: very intimate film. It definitely like it definitely yes, puts yes. you in in that um, environment for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I... I, I don't know what more to say exactly because there are some twists and turns in here that people could discover if they decide to, to dive into this movie. Yeah, it's, it's juggling what really, really works and, and the balls that keep getting dropped. That this movie, when it succeeds, it succeeds, but when it sort of stumbles or trips on itself, it, it leaves me sort of taking that brief moment of like, well, I can write notes right now. Does that make sense? I, I don't know if you two sense that as well. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that yeah. weird balance.
1: I didn't really notice it that much. It wasn't so much that it was noticeable. It's certainly not going to be on, on my best of the year list, but it's definitely one. It's a movie I'm glad I watched, and I, I don't think I really have as many flaws to really think of, really. It's just except the fact that it, I don't know. I don't really know what I wanted from this thing, uh, but it, it definitely <laughs> was, I just know it was good. <laughs> well,
0: Eric, why don't you go and put a score on that, there? give some final thoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a movie that's I, I do like those those quiet thrillers, and I I, I didn't know if it was gonna um, play up for paranoia or not. I didn't know if it was gonna be that kind of thing. I don't know. There's just so many ways the third act could have gone, and it didn't pick the worst version of what happened, which is which is good. I mean, I I don't, I don't really know what I would have wanted from the third act, but I think the uh, what we got is just serviceable enough, and I think the first half of it is really solid, and I really hope that it, it leads to more. Non Star Wars work for Daisy Ridley. I do think she is a genuine talent. I, I, I like her in the Star Wars movies. I know I poked fun at her facial expressions, but I think she's got a lot of charisma and I think she got a lot of range. And I think that this shows that she's more than just, you know, Ray Skywalker, if you will, um, to reference the worst movie in the series. Um, <laughs> And and no, this was this just a a quiet movie. It it reminded me a lot of again, like Martha Marcy May Marlene and Blue Ruin, and those are great movies. And maybe I I think maybe I was kind of expecting a lot more play on the paranoia or something more explosive to happen. But what we got is it's 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 there is a method to it. It pulls it off just fine. Uh, I'm going to give this thing uh, seven out of ten tattoos.
0: Very good. Here we go, Uh, Melina.
2: She's got some good cover up. My goodness. Yeah, I. To kind of piggyback what you were saying, Mike, about Martha, Mar- Mar- Marcy, Martha May Marlene, oh my god, I think I got that wrong. Um, <laughs> what that movie had that I think this was lacking was that sense of tension that never lets up. I'm not saying that that's what this needed to mirror, but there were points in this, especially coming into the second act, where I did feel like it was slowing down to a point where I'm like, yeah, I do feel like I can... Like you were saying, TC, step away for a moment, or maybe I can actually focus more on taking some notes while this plays out. I do wish that maybe some of the aspects of the book that you were referencing had made it in here because it would have made Daisy Ridley's character a bit more dynamic beyond just the fact that she's dealing with her trauma. Yeah. That's not to discredit her as an actress. I just wish that they had given her as an actor more room to play with this character, made her feel a bit more rich so that when we get that showdown in the third act, you're like, okay, we've we've been getting ready for this, the entire film, let's go. Instead I'm like, well, I have a pretty damn good idea of what's gonna happen here, and don't get me wrong, it's satisfying, but it's one that from the first scene I was like, here it comes. It's like, <laughs> right. you have well set the foundation. Really wish that they had given Garrett Hedlund more to do or just written that character better. But I agree that the cinematography in here, the way that they set up a lot of these shots, are so phenomenal. It doesn't surprise me at all now that you say that the DP was the same guy that did Sunshine, another phenomenally looking film. And yeah, performance wise, Ben Mendelsohn, always think he's great, great at playing a villain. And this is definitely a very layered villain role for him. And I was very impressed to see him. And also, I don't know who the little actress is who plays the daughter, but she was so adorable and phenomenal. I ultimately, Give this, I give this six and a half out of ten times. I thought, you know what, maybe I should watch Yellowstone because Gil Birmingham (laughs) is just that freaking good.
0: (laughs) Love Gil Birmingham. I I was happy to see him pop up in this because he is really one of those character actors. When he shows up, you know he's just going to be great. Anyway, uh, yeah, I I like this. I thought it was was quite good. It's beautiful. It's one of the best looking movies I've seen all year. And the combination of visuals and score are. Just wonderful. And and that's not something that every movie can boast. Sometimes the score will be good. Sometimes the look will be good. But to really blend those two together and create this flow, that's the word I used before, and, and that's really what it felt like. It felt like a leaf in the wind moving through the forest, moving through this. Daisy Ridley's great in this. Uh, this is the best performance I've seen from her, and I like her. Uh, I, I Yes, I, I, I think kicking her career off with... Uh, Star Wars opened up some doors for her, and she's made some choices along the way. and And I, I like I like smaller movies like this because it really depends on acting. It's it's a well written movie, it's a well directed and well shot movie, but it's a character piece, and she holds her own really, really well. Ben Mendelsohn always good, I always sing his praises. I, I think it's funny we have two actors who are non American who do like flawless American accents because she's british he's australians and there's the two of them just locking into that american voice uh, just taking a moment yeah. to appreciate the skill that is and yet americans usually suck at
1: accents but you <laughs> yeah. know brits and australians they seem to really kick our asses at it <laughs> yeah
0: there are some f- trip ups in here as i mentioned there's bad i just don't like the chemistry between garrett headland and daisy ridley and i don't know if that's his fault or i, I think it's just written poorly as yeah. well as some of the police investigation stuff that's in here. So uh, not that this needed to be longer. If it if it was any longer, I would just wanted to see more of her daughter and more of young her, young Helena, because both those actresses did, did a, a fantastic job as well. But no, yeah. this was good. This was a cool viewing. It this is a book club movie, if that makes sense. And I'm sure there are book clubs out there who've read The Marsh King's daughter who'll then watch this and say the movie's not as good as the book. But that's what this feels like. This feels like a good sit down uh, mature viewing that, uh, that challenges you to, to analyze I suppose is the best way to put it there mm-hmm. so sure. I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 gold teeth <laughs> alright so now that we've finished this review uh, I think you both did a good job but I am going to have to brand you with a one of us tattoo for you know, you kinda, for the mistakes you made and you know what they were so alright who's going first
2: Get the fuck out of here. Okay, Mike, give me your face. (laughs) Give me your face, Mike. (laughs) Ow!